Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Father, again, we thank you for allowing us into your presence. Tonight, Lord, I'd like to speak a little bit of a short message of hope for your people, dear Lord, that have heard your words. Lord, I pray that they'll understand this message. And Lord, I pray that others will grab a hold of this message and and discern it as well. It's very important. It's simple. But Lord, we are about to come into the greatest morning time in all history of the greatest works that you've ever done for your people. And Lord, we pray that the people will grab a hold of it and greatly understand it because this is the time of the separation judgment. We've come to the ending of the night as far as it is for the people of your kingdom. It is still night for them because they have not seen the sun and they do not know that the sun of righteousness has risen and we are ready to receive your word. Lord, we're coming to April 6th very quickly, which is 14 years since your words are open. It's interesting, Lord, that that is the morning, I believe, that you struck the fig tree or cursed the fig tree. And dear Lord, it withered the young fig tree. And Lord, people don't understand that that was a fig tree that should not, by normal standards, produce any fruit because it was too young. But you expected it to be ready to produce fruit. And Lord, it's because you're coming to show us a very big sign. And that sign is that we were to teach your words, the knowledge of your truth, to our children. And dear Lord, that we were to do it every night. It's a law that you gave to the parents in Psalm 78. It says it's a law. But you made that law in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9. In Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21, that every evening that to teach your word. And dear Lord, you made it clear in the morning is when you make known your word, dear Lord. You, 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 you send it out in the nighttime and seal it to them. But they begin to understand it in the morning. There's really no greater example of this than we see in Peter and a few of the disciples. But Lord, I'd like to look at it tonight in an interesting way. Because, dear Lord, you told us something, and what I'm making this message for, dear Lord, is because we've come to the end of the night. And the night is when you seal your instruction in your people. The word is available in the people, but we have to be able to understand it. And discern that you have words. And that these words are used in a communication language to you. To enable your good works of the Father that were prepared for the foundations of the world. And we're going to be judged in this time by whether or not we bothered to hear. Did we hear when you spoke out and when you made yourself available? Did we recognize it was you? And did we come out and seek to learn the knowledge and be zealous to learn the knowledge of that truth? And the great example of this is Peter. And you you made it known to the people of this time as a sign that you said upon this little stone, upon Peter, you gave him the, the name stone, which is a small word. In other words, the foundation of the word. 
And upon him you're going to build your called out assembly. And Lord, we should take example to that tonight and remember it well and do as he did. Lord, you give us the story, dear Lord, in Jeremiah 16. And I've told this message before. It's Jeremiah 16, verses 14 and 15. Actually, 16. It says, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall be no more said, it shall be no more, it shall be, it shall no more be said. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with my eyes tonight, seeing clearly. The Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord, and they will shall fish them. And afterwards I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. And in this message, Lord, you're saying you're sending for the fishermen first. You're sending for the fishermen first. And then you'll send out the hunters. But dear Lord, we pray that the people understand, dear God, the greatest meaning of this in this very important time. And I pray that those who have the words or have heard of the words and who desire the words will be encouraged by this message. Because dear Lord, you gave us the example of the morning. And you told us, dear Lord, in, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, that we were to be ready because we didn't know what time the Father would send you. But, Lord, we now know it's the morning because it cannot be later for us or we will not receive you at all because the darkness comes at noon. Dear Lord, all the world will be covered with darkness at noon of your day. It means there will be no light at all. That will be the time after the two witnesses are killed. And, dear Lord, there will be darkness on the earth for 42 months while the ten kings get their kingdom and then turn their crowns over to the Antichrist. And they served together for those 42 months. As it says in Revelation 17, people try to give them seven years, but Lord, they're reigning together. The people of the ten kings are now alive, except they're being ruled over by the, the beast kingdom of the fifth beast kingdom. But they're going to be quickly destroyed very soon. And all that's going to be left is the people of that kingdom that are left that God spares. He indicates in Revelation 6 that he's going to leave three-fourths of them alive, but they're all going to be punished with the curses and the plagues at this time who were of that king, ten kingdoms. And they're going to hate that harlot so much that they destroy all their idols. They'll make a new one when the Antichrist arise, rises up and a false prophet rises up. The false prophet's not the Pope. He is not of that. This is the Pope that's going to be the last actually, Pope. There's going to be a false prophet that arises. And there's going to be the, the Antichrist that arises. Right now we have the spirit of the Antichrist, that what brings him forward in the end. And these people are totally evil at this time. These people want to kill all the flesh on the earth, but you're going to intervene. That's what it says in Matthew 24, 21 to 22 and Mark 13, 
19 to 20. So on that part, we should not worry. But I would like to concentrate on the fishermen because the fishermen comes before the hunters. Lord, it gives hope in that, in that word that there's going to be a revival very quickly. Because, Lord, we look out in the world and they are ready. Lord, I've told the people that you were ready to bring forth this war all this time from the evening until now. Because you told us, Lord, that you didn't, we wouldn't know when you're coming, dear Lord, until that time. But you told us that you're coming by the way of the bridegroom. And that we had to, in Joel 2, 12 to 20, you make it clear that we have to allow the bridegroom to come. He cannot come until we obey what it said in Joel 2, 12 to 20. And if we do not allow him to come, we will see the complete destruction as you're telling us is coming. Lord, I pray that people understand this and turn from that. Now, let me quickly point to this message. That it's so simple I want to give. Um, it's a very simple thing. Lord, you told us a very interesting thing, and you show us a, a unique part about it. That in the morning, we're now in the morning of the day of the Lord, as I've testified to the people according to your scriptures, that we should identify by the entrance of your words. Because the entrance of your words gives light, and that's how you said, Zechariah 14, 7, that the day of the Lord would begin. And from that time, we can count your times. We didn't know when that day would come, when you would cause the words to be opened. And we didn't know and don't know yet, but we, we do know the day the words were open. We can identify that timing because now you've made it known. And that begins the clock of the day of the Lord. But we didn't know the time of the separation judgment. That's the time in Matthew 24 and Mark 13. And we just don't know because the father was waiting on us. But there is a time that his patience grows short and he stops and he closes the book. And the last time, and according to the clock in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, is going to be in this morning. There's going to be a day in this morning time that it happens. And that morning time starts, it says, the winter season. Um, you know, you, you're going to rain uh, for a period of a time. You said a season and a time. And the time is the morning. And the morning starts with the spring season. Or we can go by a Gentile clock and say, April 6th. So you can do it either way, but we are in the morning and this is imminent and it's on us. But in any case, our problem is that we must anoint you as king at this time. You are the king and you've given us the, the earth to take care of and we have not done it. And we had your children to take care of and we have not done it. And that's why you cursed that fig tree upon your arrival which is interesting, this year that would be on April 6th, the first day of the week of Passover. So I pray, Lord, that people understand that. They would want to understand they need to be ready, but we're not ready. What I wanted to point out that's really simple is that on Luke 5, 1 to 11, you were preaching to the people on the Lake of Gennesaret, which means the Garden of the Prince. And remember that we, you are coming at this time to bring forth your words, to enable us to bring forth miraculous things upon this earth. So miraculous that it's saying in Luke, uh, Jeremiah 16 there that they'll forget about the, the, they'll no longer talk about the crossing of the Red Sea, which has got to be the greatest miracle up until this time as far as doing something for a people to protect them from their enemies who were trying to kill them. 
And Lord, you compare the people of the earth of running the world today as comparable to the Pharaoh and so on. But dear Lord, you said in this time, it's going to be even greater than that. And that's why I wanted to point to the people, dear Lord, that they should understand this is a great and marvelous time that we're in. You're going to do something miraculous and marvelous at this time. And the knowledge of the kingdom is going to be made known and glorified at this time. And then we'll come back for the millennium. But before we go up, we got to do this great work of anointing you and doing this great work and glorifying you as a last testimony before you destroy these ones of the beast kingdom who will not turn no matter what you show to them. And you keep asking them, even in the bold judgments, Lord, they, they will not turn and repent. They continue to do that. But we are now in the fifth beast kingdom, which is going to be destroyed. They are absolutely going to be destroyed. And they are the ones that have to pay back the penalty of double for what they've done and double for what they plan to do. And that's also revealed in uh, Revelation, I mean, in Jeremiah uh, 16, verse 18. It says, And first, I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin. Because they have defiled my, my land, they have uh, filled my inheritance with the uh, carcasses of their detestable and abominable idols. See, it's the idols that we don't understand is what's destroying us. That's why they're going to destroy all the idols in this coming uh, year, this seven years that we're in now, that begins now, before the Antichrist and them appear. Uh, the, the people who are left of the Pippi's kingdom that you're going to destroy, and they're being under the punishment, they're going to hate because of the punishment and losing everything. They're going to hate all these the leaders, and they're going to hate all their idols. They're going to destroy all the idols because they're going to recognize that that's continuing to pile up sins upon them and create them troubles. And that's what you're talking about here, dear Lord, when you say in Revelation 18, you're going to pay about double for, uh, for what they've done and double for what they're planning to do. And that's what you're saying. They're paying double for their iniquity, which is the sin they've done, and double for the sin they're going to do. That's what you're saying in Revelation, uh, Jeremiah 16, 18. And you're saying again, Revelation 18, I think it's about verse 7 or so. But um, that's to come. Now, what you're doing here with Simon, which is very interesting, you, you had taught the words to the people, and you'd spoken to them. But then you said to Simon, launch out, launch out. This is in, um, let's see, let me just read it here. It says, um, Luke 5, 1 to 11 says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into the, one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. 
And so also were James and John and sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Do you see some of the comparisons here to Jeremiah 16, where he says he's going to send them fishermen? And the thing about it is, he said the people, all the people, are going to be astonished at the fish they're going to catch. They're going to be astonished at the words and the people that have the words, because he says he's going to send out the fishermen, the people are who hear the words, and he's going to empower the spirit so that the people hear the words and they're going to come forth and receive it, and the world is going to be astonished. See, in Daniel 11, 43 to 45, when he's talking about Rothschild, Baron Rothschild, the one who controls all the treasuries and silver, He's to call the king of the north because the king is the one of the word and he's the one with the word and he's even overseeing the global depopulation program. The lady in charge of that program sits next to him when he comes to these meetings to approve the budgets of all the evil works they're going to do because all of them have to be financially approved and all the nations are united in this goal as it said in Zechariah 14.1. Even the Pope himself is united in this work and serving this work of bringing forth this depopulation, which is going to kill 7 billion people on the earth. But they're going to be astonished before they can get it done, before the Lord allows them to come forward. Because it says in Daniel 11, 43 to 45, that they will hear the news of the east before they near the, and then the news of the north. In other words, they've heard the knowledge of the words. I'm telling you, they got some of the writings I had done. So they understand there's words, but they're going to be astonished by the fact that that the people of the world are going to understand it. And they're going to heave it because they've been given us drugs to, to cause us to, to be slow in learning and to destroy us and so on. And we've taken these and we don't know that we're dumb. We don't know that we're deaf, blind and wretched, as he says in the seventh church, which is this called out assembly of this time. We think we're rich in the spirit and we do not know we don't have the spirit of truth in us, as I pointed out last night. But this is important. He's saying here the people were astonished by it. But remember something great about this. Do you remember the, the last thing Jesus did in the book of John? The last thing he did? It's a marvelous thing. It's again, Simon Peter had been fishing all night with, with other disciples. And they went fishing. This is after the Lord had come back. At long after he had called them, called Peter and said, I'm going to call you Simon Peter upon this stone. I'm going to build my church. He said, I'm going to call you Petra, Peter, which small stone, pebble. And he said, upon this little word that he spoke, it said, you're the son of God. I'm going to build my, my called out assembly. We're going to believe that he's the son of God because the son of God speaks the words of God. A little God speaks the words of God. To him whom the word comes, and he compared himself to a little God in John 10, 34 to 37, because he speaks the words of God that enable the good works to be done. He says, many good works have I shown you. He tells us in John 18, 37, that he came into the world to bear witness to the truth. And those who are of the truth hear my speech. And we have to understand this very clearly. Very clearly, we should understand this message. Because it's an important time for us. And in John 21, we again see this thing. After the Lord had, had appeared to him and after he had blown the Spirit upon them, and he had 
made known his words to them. In Luke 24, 44, and 45, it tells you that. He says, these are the words I spoke to you. And then he was begin to able to cause them to know his words and know the scriptures. And this time, when Peter, remember the first time he had bowed down before him and said, depart from me, I'm a sinner. And yet that man, that humble man, that's the one, the zealous, humble man. That's the one that he, out of all those people there that was with him, his brothers and so on, he was the one that bowed down to the Lord and said that in Luke 5. And it's interesting that Luke 5 is, is one of those lessons that's the only place it's told in the scriptures. And the second book of the New Testament, of, of Luke, I'm sorry, Luke, it's third, third, third Testament, um, is the book of understanding. In other words, the main purpose of the book of Luke is to uh, cement the concept of understanding in the way of the third spirit. And John is the fourth one, which is the counsel or the instruction of the Lord. So here we have again, Peter, when he hears something, he does something great and comes to the Lord. And this book is about teaching him because he said upon this church, I'm going to build my, upon this little stone, this Peter, he's going to build the foundation of his church and we should understand it because what he did back then and humbled himself before the Lord when he actually saw the way of the words, because he says, by your word, I will do this. By your word, I will do this. And a miracle happened in a time of the night when nothing had happened. In other words, we've ended the night of the day. Lord, nobody would hear the words of God. Nobody's ready at this time, just like the Lord said in Luke 21, 34 to 36. They're all caught in a snare. Here in the words, we are not ready yet. We have to go forth because he's going to call us. And when he calls us to come forth and make known his words, we will. Because he will be in it. His spirit will go before us. And he does it again here. He's, and he tells us in Jeremiah 16, he's going to send out fishermen. Fishermen make known the words of God that are in us. He said, the kingdom of God is in you. How is it in you? It's because of the words in Isaiah 51, 16. He planted the words within us before he planted the heavens. Because all of our particles were in the earth at that time, as he says in Psalms 139, 15 to 16. We were there. We are brought into the womb by ways that God understands. We think we know. And Planned Parenthood has a right over children. No. God made these children from the very beginning. And they don't have the right to kill them. And this government is going to be punished greatly for, for doing what they did. And the Crown Trust, who has implemented this program of depopulation and ordered our leaders to do it, the Queen and Rothschild need to understand that they have a great accounting to coming before the Lord at this time because we entered the morning and they have not repented. And when the words were sent over to them and when they received it and reviewed it and came back and asked who wrote this, they do not understand. They're going to be held in account for that. All the people under them are going to be held in account for that. And even agreed that their words are coming. They know this. So they're trying to do something to counteract it. But they don't know the words of God. They don't understand the words of God. They don't understand the power of these words of God. That the devil has no right over them. He wants them to believe it. He kind of deceived them. And they're now the, they're going to see by shock that the news of the East and the news of the North is going to get them. Because the North is the world. The walls of the firmament in Job 26.7 is called the North. And the firmament is the walls of the heavens that the earth and the, and the covering over the earth is inside in the first heaven. I've drawn all that in the book of Testimony of Numbers. Now, what does Peter say here? It says, 
Uh, John 21, after these things, Jesus showed himself. I've explained in many writings that what he's named is, is he manifested himself. That showed means manifest, to make known himself. Again, and he says again. Otherwise, I've told you Luke 24, 44, and 5 explains to you he's made known his words. And this is how he manifests himself, the words. At the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself, made known himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. And they went out immediately and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. See, the, the Lord was waiting on these people. They, they were in the evening time. They, they, they weren't, you know, they weren't busy. People weren't asking for the words. Nobody called them to speak in their churches. Nobody did anything. And the time when the Lord had gone and the words were available and they'd been, you know, they had, the Lord had shown himself to them. And yet nobody is asking them to come and speak of the words to them. And so he's doing this. And they knew what the words of Fisher, the symbolic of the words. You can see that in this message of John 21. So they're ready to go. They didn't go in the night. There was no fish to be caught. And we made known the words all through the last seven years of the night. There were seven years of the evening and seven years of the night. There's only seven years in the morning. But there's only going to be three and a half years, 42 months in the afternoon. An hour is 42 months, by the way. A time is seven years. A time is also two hours in the book of Revelations. So you see... And the hour is not like our clock hour, one hour and 60 minutes. An hour in Jewish time is like the time from nine to noon is, is called the third hour. The sixth hour is from noon to three o'clock in the afternoon. And the ninth hour is from, from uh, three o'clock to the sundown. That teaches us a way of the Lord and how we can understand the scriptures and the time clock. So, what he's saying is here, he says, Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. It didn't appear to be like him. But what he's trying to show you is that somebody with the words, it was Jesus himself, but he was likened to somebody with the words that he sent, that God sent so that they could know that they're going to get a messenger, and the messenger is going to know the words, as he says in Malachi 1, because he's going to send them with the words. didn't matter who he is. But this is Jesus here. Don't make no mistake. I'm just showing this kind of example of this time when he said he would send somebody to make known that the messenger is coming. He's saying, that, see, there's a messenger that makes known the messenger of the covenant is coming. And what he's telling you, the messenger of the covenant is coming, it means you must get ready with this covenant because he's coming to confirm that covenant. In, Matthew, in Daniel 9.27. Confirm it means those who receive it, those who discern it, and begin doing the ways of it, he will confirm it in them. And that's what we're trying to learn here It's uh, in, in the Bible. It's, he's telling us this. We've got to be ready for his coming because it'll be too late as his coming. We have to be sanctified by his words before that, as it tells us in Daniel, I mean in Joel 2.12-20. So now is the time you must receive the words. And he's going to send out fishermen to make that happen before he comes with that separation judgment because that's right upon us. But we now know it's going to be in the morning because the, the evening, the midnight, and the, the rooster crowing is already over. 
we're, we're right now in the time where the, the daylight has this spring right now that I guess you could say we're still in the very last minutes of the of the rooster crowing. But on April 6th, we've reached 14 years and the morning begins of the day of the Lord. You should understand that. It says here that uh, the Lord is telling us when the morning and now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know him, that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. See, the, the, the food, meaning the words, are not available there. That's if we understood that, but they're not. They're talking in the way the world, the people of the world don't know what the food is. They don't understand that the words of God is what brings forth everything in this time of the morning. Nobody's going to be able to work. But by speaking and doing the way of the words, you'll be able to bring forth the plants and the food from the garden, from the ground. And remember what the Lord showed at that place that I told was the garden of the prince? That's symbolic of this timing. It's all being worked together as an example and a picture he's painting to you of this time that we're at now. He says, um, and they answered him no, and he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, Look, it is the Lord. That was, um, and it said, that's John. And then he says, Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. Why would you put on your outer garment? Because you're showing the Lord, I want to know. So he said he's going to make fishers of men and we're going to go out at this time and bring forth the people from the world. And the Lord said he would send fishermen out to them. And the people of the world are like the sea and people don't understand that that is exactly like what they are at this time. They're, they're of the sea, of the world and not of, of him. Because the sea is run and controlled by the Admiralty Law, which is a military law of contract merchant law. That is controlled by the queen and, and the Rothschilds and underneath them the 13, I mean the other uh, 11 close families. Like the Vatican is considered a family and, and the, the other families, the sea family and many others are underneath them. And the royal families like Denmark and, and so forth, these people are underneath them. And they run the world together. The Scandinavian families can count as one together, by the way. Um, and so... I'm trying to not get you confused here with that issue. Uh, but I want you to focus on the fact that this timing, here's Peter at the beginning. He was fishing all night, caught nothing. Here he is at the ending. He's fishing all night, caught nothing. But by that, he remembered who the Lord was. And he had been showing you the wisdom that he had understood now. Because now he's doing it in the way the words, just like Jesus did with the fish. And he puts on his full garment and he, run, he jumps into the sea and runs to the Lord, showing him he wants the knowledge of how to be a fisherman of men. Because back in Jeremiah 16, that's what the Lord says he's going to send out. And in this day, that's what we need to send out. People need to put on a new garment. That garment is a white garment. That garment is a white garment of knowledge of truth, which is the words of God. He says you'll find some, so they cast him. And now they were not able to draw it in because of his multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, the Lord, he put on his outer garment and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits dragging the net with the fish. See, the Lord had already, then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and a fish had laid on it. 
and bread. In other words, the Lord already had the word of God in the symbolic when they eat that fish. It's going to bring forth the way to go forth and become fishers of men. And this day we ought to be eating fish and bread. Because that is what the work must be done at right now because the Lord has promised us that he's going to make us fishermen. He's going to send them out and they're going to send them out in the morning. So it's a great thing to make fish at this time and eat the bread. And do it in the evening time. Because what you want to do at this time is to be able to go out. And he did this for the morning time. But we're in the morning of the day of the Lord. In the evening time is when we ask the Lord for instruction. And in the night he seals it. In the morning he makes it known. And we're still in these days where there is a night. And there is a morning and there is an afternoon. So it's good to do this at this time so you can get the manifestation. In other words, the knowledge of how to go forth and do the work. Because the Lord gave them instruction that day. And this interests, and make note that John makes a very good point of, in John uh, 21, 14. He says, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And what I'm trying to tell you is the third time is when he makes known understanding. We should look at this and know that he's doing this in a way of the third spirit. He does all things in the ways of his spirit. And this is the time he come to cause them to go understanding. So you can see the bread and the fish, what were they wanting? How did we go out and bring forth the people from the world? And that's what we should be doing at this time. So it's a good thing to do that. I want to make a review one more thing with you tonight, if I could, which is in Luke 6, 46 to 49. It's, it's the house built upon the rock. It, it says this. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Does that remind you of anything? That tells you in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, that there's going to be many preachers, many healers, many prophets are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we call out your name and do these things? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Because the law is the knowledge of truth, which is told to us, the word of truth. Psalms 119, 142, Psalms 119, 160 were required to be set apart by his truth, which is his word, God's words in John 17, 17. And we're going to be judged by his words, John 12, 48, but we're not obeying him. It says, why do you not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears, and this word hear mean, is Greek word uh, 191. That Greek word, akua, says hear or to comprehend, to understand, to find out, to learn. And then, okay, let me go back and read this statement again now. It says, whoever comes to me and hears in the way that I've just told you, mean they discern the words of God, my sayings, and does them. In other words, if you become doers of my words in the ways that I've shown you how to be doers of my words, then I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, which Jesus is that rock. And Peter was showing us the way of a small stone that became a great rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock, but he who heard it and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth with a foundation, without a foundation, against which the stream, stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And the Lord tells us the same problem in Revelation, in, in Revelation 12, 
and we don't pay any attention to it, but we better. He says here in verse 17, uh, when, he, when he's talking, let me read from 15 to 17. It says, so the serpent spewed, and they're talking about the devil who is leading the world leaders at this time. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. The woman is the words of wisdom, which you see in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23, that if we will hear her words, he will pour out his spirit upon us, and the Lord will cause us to know his words. She's always calling out her words, which is the wisdom, is the words, uh, wisdom of God, the spirit of God. And it's, his words come with the full measure of his spirit, John 3, 34. So it says, but the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of the, her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. See, they, the ones that have the woman, the wisdom of the words of God, who understand and are a doer of the words, cannot be affected by the devil. He has no power over them. He's going to leave them. But to those who have the Ten Commandments only, and they know the, that Jesus died for their blood, with his blood for their sins, but don't know what it did, that it tore the temple veil, that it caused us to be able to come into the Father and hear his words, which Jesus said, my people hear my voice. That's why I was come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And those of the truth hear my voice. But these people do not hear his voice. They do not discern it or comprehend it or understand it. They do not know that he came into the world to bear witness to the words of God, which was what the purpose of the Messiah was in Deuteronomy 18, 18 and 19. And they refused to hear the message, just like the Israelites in the days of Jesus. And they crucified him. And Jesus, at this time, the Father is going to do punishment to all these people. Because if they will not hear the fishermen at this time, he's going to send the hunters. And the hunters are the, are the spirits of God, the, the, the devilish people that are going to go out. He says he's going to release them. He put a hook in their jaw and they're going to come out. And they're going to do horrible things. They're going to kill people and eat them for food because there's no food. They're destroying the food. If you've seen, they've destroyed, basically destroyed the salmon in the, Atlantic, the Pacific Ocean. They're destroying that and the animals. They put cyanide poisoning out. They're trying to destroy the food source so that you have to come to them and enter the camps. But people don't know. They're going to tempt you with food at the camps. And the FEMA people are going to tell you, you can eat there. But that's not the food God wants you to eat. He says, feed my flock, which is what he's saying in, in John 21. He's telling the, the disciples there, take some of these fish and go feed my flock. He told that to Peter three times. If you love me. If you understand me in the way of the Spirit, go feed my people the word. If you love your people as brothers, go feed them the word. And he's going to send out fishermen now. It's morning time. We've caught nothing during the night. They wouldn't hear. But the Spirit's going to go before this just like it did at Pentecost. And it may be Pentecost when this happens. I pray not. Because I pray before that time we've got the word that don't come to that. But the people should begin to stir up. The fishermen need to gather now so that they're ready for when that spirit goes. Because those who are fishermen are going to shine like the firmament forever. Daniel 12, 2 and 3. Because they understand the words that are put into the firmament are the words of God. The light that entered the firmament on day 4. Which is the counsel of God. And that's why they're going to be able to go out. Because these fishermen are going to understand the counsel of God. The counsel of God to do the righteousness that will bring forth the harvest. Lord, I pray that the people understand this message today and will begin to want to do it, Lord. 
that they don't want to be a part of the world and be punished. Because immediately after this, Lord, they're going to, the ones that reject it are going to receive all the sins of the world leaders and then the plagues that you're going to pour upon them, as you said in Revelation 18, 1 and 4. Lord, I pray they'll understand now is the time for a great revival. And I pray, Lord, that they'll understand that revival can only happen if they get your words and go forth and do them and say them. Because they've built your, the foundation on the words that, as you said, Lord, your words of God that you came into the world to speak, they never ending. They'll never be destroyed. The earth, heaven and earth can be destroyed, just like you're saying in this, this parable in, in Luke 6, 46 to 49. But your words can never be destroyed because the devil has no power over your truth. There's no truth in him. He's not allowed to speak your words. If he doesn't have truth, he doesn't have the words that are higher than their words, higher than his words. Lord, we praise your name. We ask it all in thy precious name that your people receive it and understand that the greatest moment in history is at hand. They're going to have power to do things they've never seen before, greater than all of history, Lord. Father, we praise your name on this Sabbath day, Lord. This is the evening of the Sabbath, the fourth Sabbath of Adar 2. And tomorrow night is the new moon when they build up the tabernacle, dear Lord, on the, the first, first day of the month of Nisan. Lord, we pray that they understand this greatness. And Lord, in that evening when the sundown comes, Nisan 1 begins. And dear Lord, they should be fixing and thinking about your tabernacle tomorrow, dear Lord. And dear Lord, they don't have anything in their tabernacle if they don't stand the way of it. Dear Lord, we pray that they'll understand you build it in the way of your words so that the people can be taught your ways. And Lord, you testified to that in Exodus 39, 32, that they did it exactly as you showed them how to do it. And dear Lord, we pray that you'll be able to go forth now and we'll do the fishing I like the like you said, dear Lord, go feed my people with these fish that you told the disciples to take. Dear Lord, we pray that the people begin to understand this and rejoice in it and want to know the way of doing it. We ask this in thy precious and thy holy name. Jesus' name. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.